Abdustaya Biri Darshan, the Pasuk says that Hashem rests his Shechina on not less than 22,000 Yidin. Therefore, if a person, if Yidin were 21,999, and there was a pregnant woman whose child would complete the number of 22,000, and a dog barked at her, scaring her and causing her to miscarry, it turns out that the dog's owner caused the Shechina not to rest on Klai Yisrael. Versus Amaisa, the woman who was going into a house to bake bread, and the owner's dog barked at her. The owner said, don't be afraid, I've removed its teeth. She told him, your reassuring words are worthless, because the fear has already caused me to miscarry. Mishnah said, "Ain't parson nishbin liyoyin." In fact, the Gemara Mishnah says that we must keep dovecoats fifty amos away from the city so that they do not eat from people's produce. This means that they don't travel more than fifty amos. So why does the Mishnah suggest that doves can travel up to thirty ris, which is eight thousand amos? Abaya said they can fly up to thirty ris, but their stomachs are filled with what they can eat in the first fifty amos. After that, they don't eat anymore. In fact, Gemara Brites says that doves can fly even up to a hundred mil, which is far greater than thirty ris. So Yosef said the Brites is talking about flying among grapevines, but they fly from one to the next and can therefore travel. Travel a greater distance. Rabba said the Bryce is discussing a place where there are many dovecotes along the way, again allowing them to fly a greater distance. In fact, more if there are other dovecotes there, it should be also to spread nets based on the dove the doves of these other dovecotes, not because of the ones that are traveling a great distance. And for the Gemara, either the case is where the other dovecotes belong to Goyim, or where these dovecotes were Hefger, or where these dovecotes actually belong to the person spreading the nets. Had Perak Maruba. If a person wounds another person, he can be high for five things. Nezek, damage, tsar, pain, repay, healing, sheves, loss of employment, and boichus, embarrassment. How do we assess for Nezek? If a, bl- if a person blinds another per- person, that, or he cuts off his hand, or he breaks his leg, we view the victim as if he's a slave being sold at market, and we assess how much he would have been worth before the injury, and how much he's now worth after the injury. How do we assess for Tsar? If the victim was burned with a spit or hurt with a nail, even if it was on the fingernail, where there's no damage, we estimate how much a person would want to be, would, to, to be willing to take this uh, suffering. How do we assess for healing? If the victim is hit, the attacker must pay the cost of healing him. If additional sores develop, we determine if they are due to the wound, in which case he has to pay for the healing of those as well. If they're not due to the wound, he doesn't have to pay for the healing. If the wound healed and came back, and healed and came back, he still have to pay for its healing. If it's fully healed and then returned, he's not have to pay for its healing. How do we assess loss of employment? We view the victim as if he's a cucumber watchman, and he, while he's unable to work, the damager has to pay for wages that such a person would get, since he already paid him for the value of the hand or the foot, so he doesn't have to pay him for any better job. How do we assess embarrassment? That depends on the one who caused the embarrassment, meaning if it's a lower level person, it's more embarrassing, and the one who gets embarrassed. The higher the level person that got embarrassed, the more embarrassed he becomes. Why does he only pay for the value of the damage? The Pesach says, Maybe we should, pay, should, we should blind his eye if he blinds someone else's eye. The Mara says, That can't be, because the Bryce says, We would think that we should blind him for blinding someone else, or cut off his hand if he cut off someone else's hand, or break his leg if he did that to someone else. The Pesach therefore says, odom and The teachers are just like when one damages an animal, he's punished with monetary payment. Same is when one damages a person, he's also with monetary payment. Or if you want, you can learn from another Pesach. The Pesach says, We don't take kaifer payment from a murderer as his punishment. We learn from here, we don't take monetary payment for murder. But we do take monetary payment for damages of other limbs, even the ones that will not grow back. Fakhnar, which Pasuk of Makkah does the Brasi refer to? It can't be the Pasuk of Makkah Behemi Shalmenu or Makkah Behemi Yumas, because that refers to one who was killed. 
And the more one pasuk says makin nefesh behema, the next pasuk says veish ki yitein mum ba misai kasher also kein yaseloi. Furthermore, the pasuk doesn't even use the word makin. The more it says we have, we made the gzayishav on the concept of hitting, which is a subject matter both psukim, even though the exact word is not there. Furthermore, a person says veish ki yakik kol nefesh adam moisumas, which says the person is put to death. Where it says that's referring to money. It can't be referring to actual death for two reasons. First of all, we have Xer Shavu that teaches it means money. And second, the Pasuk also says, Kashayit and Mumbaadam, which refers to money. In fact, why does the Bryce have to give a second Pasuk? Where it says the Bryce was saying, if you will say that maybe the Xer Shavu should be learned from the Pasuk of Umaki Adam Yumas and the person should be put to death, we have another Pasuk that teaches that it refers to a monetary payment. Although we can say that we would not use Xer Shavu to teach death because we would learn damage from damage and not damage from death, we could we would think this maybe say that we should learn from over there because we should learn a Pasuk referring to a person from a pasuk referring to a person and not a pasuk referring to animals. Therefore, we need the second pasuk to teach that it's only monetary payment. In fact, the pasuk of Leisichu Kaifer is not available for this drush because it's needed to teach that he does not get punished monetarily and with death. Rather, he does not pay because he's Chayav Misa. The Mara says we can learn that from Kedai Rishosai, which teaches that he's punished once, not twice. In fact, the pasuk of Leisichu Kaifer is still needed to teach that he does not become potter by paying money. Mara said we learned the drush of the Braiser from the extra words of Lenefesh Reitzayach. If we learn this drasha from Leisichu Kaifer, why do we need the Gzair Shava? The Marsef in the Pasuk, we would think that he has a choice to either pay money or have his eye blinded, etc. The Gzair Shava therefore teaches us only a monetary payment. Bryce says, Rabbi Yisrael Ben Yehuda says, Ayin Takasayin refers to a monetary payment. The eye maybe refers to an actual eye that we have to blind of the damager. The says it can't be because if the damager had a large eye and the damaged person had a small eye, taking the damager's eye would not be called an eye for an eye because they are disproportionate. If you'll say that when they are disproportionate, he pays money when they're the same size, you take the actual eye. That also can't be because the Pasuk says, Mishpat Echad which means, same law applies to everyone. So it must be the Pasuk refers to monetary payment. Zakamar, this is not a proof. Maybe the Pasuk of an eye for an eye means the damager took the victim's eyesight, and we therefore take his eyesight as punishment. The size is not the issue. We have to say that this is the way it is, because if we, we kill a murderer, even if he was a smaller or larger person than the victim, because we look at that he took a life, so we take his life. This is still considered to be one set of laws. Therefore, the Bryce is not a valid proof that an eye for an eye refers to monetary payment.